Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar. My name is Sam Spellman. Welcome to, or welcome back, as was stated earlier, to Roar. To the show, the coolest podcast that ever existed. I don't know, that's all subjective. You can uh, you can answer that for yourself, but I think it's pretty awesome. Um, I might be a little bit biased, but let me tell you a thing. I think that God is so good and that this podcast is so cool that you should watch the rest of it. That's what I think. Anyway, seriously, thank you guys so much for coming back or checking this out. I really appreciate your time. Um, This podcast is called Roar, Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. Um, It's just deep dive into scripture um, and how it impacts our lives, how it can impact us in a way that we can grow into love and how love does life. Um, Because the Bible says God is love. And so if you look at the Bible itself, it's literally a book that just explains and speaks to us about what love and how love operates because it's how God operates. He wrote it down. He's given us everything we need. Then the Holy Spirit helps us to interpret it. So when I when I go into these podcasts, I'm very prayerful and yielded to the Spirit of God so that that way when we're reading it, it's hopefully an accurate um, division of the word. So today I want to get into a few things. First thing I want to talk about is James, and it's it's connected to something that even recently in my life I've been exercising, you know, and anything that we learn, it, it can be exercised. I think it's important that we allow our spiritual muscles, our solical muscles to be exercised the same way you would exercise and should probably be exercising your physical body. Um, this is just kind of a part of life. It's a part of the whole shindig that we got on the earth. Um, and one way of doing that is looking for a way in your life, looking for, like, for me, if there's someone that just kind of rubs you wrong, if there's someone that just kind of comes up and you're just, you just seem to be at an impasse, man, you see them, you're like, I'm going to sit on the other side of the table. I'm going to sit away. You just want to, there's just an avoidance. Um, Those are the people that you can practice this with. And it's important because, you know, I look at Jesus and how he lived his life and he didn't have buttons, you know, because I'm sure, man, I mean, you read and people for some reason bag, you know, on Peter, like they wouldn't say abrasive things to the Lord or haven't. But anyway, you look at Peter and if anyone pushed Jesus's buttons or could have pushed his buttons, you know, you probably guess Peter with how outspoken he was that's recorded. He probably would have pushed a few of those, you know, buttons in Jesus's soul. But how Jesus handled him is he handled him with a meekness, with a grace, and with a patience. And these are all things that we can apply. And specifically, how did he exercise that? Well, one of the ways and one of the main ways we touch people is with our tongue. It's with our words. You know that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words or whatever, that's a bunch of hullabaloo. Like, words are so important. They're so, so important. How we choose to steward our tongue is very important. And in James, it goes on to about this in James chapter 3. This is a very heavily um, preached and taught passage of, of Scripture. If you've been in church for any 
bit of time or been around believers, you've probably heard some of these things and any bit of this uh, scripture here, but I want to read some things. It says this in James chapter three, verse one, he says this, first off, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that those who teach will be judged with a greater strictness. Um, that's a, that's a side note for me. Whenever I come into these things, just give myself a heads up there. Verse two, for we all stumble in many ways. In other words, there's all ways that we have not done this life the way that love would do. There's many shortcomings of of the flesh and many things that you just, you're having to process through. Everyone's given different things. Everyone starts at different levels. Um, and because of that, everyone's got to exercise to the best of their ability. But all the stumble. But if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, or you could say a mature man. Also, he is able to bridle his whole body. And then he goes into an illustration and a metaphor about how horses and the bits in a horse mouth. I think it's interesting he talks about right after stumbling, he doesn't connect that to the actions of the person. He connects it to what that person says. So learning to steward our voice, learning to steward how we treat people, how we touch people with our words, specifically those people that are maybe just abrasive, you know, they just rub you, you know, maybe they just agitate something about you or whatever it may be. Maybe just practice it on someone you like. I mean, it doesn't have to be someone you don't like. I mean, you could find someone you absolutely adore and the same thing. How are we touching people with our words, because each one of us has the freedom to say whatever we want. I mean, I live in America. We have this great thing called the First Amendment, you know, the freedom of speech, freedom of religion. I mean, that's a big deal, but that's a real thing. That's something that God, before America ever gave it to anybody, God gave that to man. He gave man the freedom to speak and to choose whatever we would want. If you join me in Galatians, if you've got your Bibles, if you've got your Bible app, you can turn with me here. Um, I'm being a little facetious with that. But Galatians chapter 5, there's something that he says that is really, really important here. Verse 13, he says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Now, the Bible's very clear about these themes of the spirit and the flesh. Um the God nature, the fleshly, earthly, fallen man nature, um, the best way I can sum it up in a few seconds is the flesh. I heard it actually, I actually heard this. Um, I'm trying to think of who it was. It's a man that's a minister in Colorado. Oh Lord. I want to see if I can remember his name. I don't know his name off the top of my head. Um, anyway, so awesome ministry. His church is in Colorado Springs. So you can start Googling churches there and you might find it. But anyway, he was ministering about the flesh and he says, the flesh is the part of you that wants to do good, but can't. Um, in other words, that's the, the part of man that, you know, wants to be noble, wants to be, you know, I want to be the, the very, very, very best, but has absolutely no ability, drive, um, to do it. So what does it do? It pacifies. The flesh is going to pacify. It's going to, um, that's where a lot of addiction comes in. A lot of perversion comes in because the flesh is grappling for a, a pacifier. Whereas the Bible says when you're born again, you live by the spirit. Paul says you renew your mind. 
um, Paul says the spirit and the flesh are at, they're at enmity with each other. They're, they're in opposing directions because the spirit conquers. God is a builder. God is a conqueror. Love is a winner. The Bible says love is never defeated. Um, so even in that, it's, it's kind of this duality, for lack of a better word, um, that people are working through. So the flesh is just the desire to, to, to want to do maybe things right, but you know, it's, it's the baby in you. I don't know. How, that's a great way to maybe describe it. It's the, the little toddler that just wants his way in you, not the mature, Hey, that's a selfish thing. I'm not going to do that because why that's not loving. I'm not thinking of those around me. I'm not thinking of that person's feelings. I'm not thinking of how it's going to affect, you know, my kids. I'm not thinking of how it's going to affect the person in this room. I'm not thinking of how, and so love thinks differently than the flesh or selfishness. Um, you could say love and selfishness would be another great way to explain kind of what he talks about with the flesh. So as I was reading this scripture and I was thinking about James with the tongue, um, you think about when it says the flesh, just replace that with the tongue. Um, or is it like the fleshly tongue? How am I going to use my tongue? So if I'm reading verse 13 of chapter 5 of Galatians, I could read it like this. For you were called the freedom brothers, only do not use your tongue's freedom as an opportunity for the flesh or for selfishness. You know, and nowadays we use Facebook or, you know, you hear about people that talk about um, people that hide behind their thumbs or their keyboards or whatever. Uh, there's probably a whole bunch, there's a bunch of terminology for all that. And I don't have time to even think about what all that is, but there's different terminology for people that maybe aren't saying it quote unquote, but they'll write it. It's the same thing. What you write down, Paul says, I hope you catch the spirit of my words I've written. Jesus said to you, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. In fact, this is written words. Thus, this carries the voice as if someone was speaking, as if God speaks it, when you hear the Bible or read the Bible, it's the same process, it's the same thing. So when you write your words on social media or you send a text message, it's the same gist, it's the same thing as if you were speaking it. So how you write, how you speak, put them in the same basket. I don't recommend you say, well, I've controlled my tongue, but you are just tearing into people, you know, or I, like that would be a very hypocritical thing for me to be like, well, I, I have absolute authority over my tongue. I don't say anything, but all I do is send passive aggressive text messages or I roast people on social media all day. That's no, I have no control because in this area I am not controlling. I am not allowing love to lead my words. Um, this ties right back to the first commandment and you know, the old Testament, the very first commandment was have no other gods than me. Sorry, I shook the camera, have no other gods than me. You know, that just means have nothing else that is first in my life. Now, if you take that first commandment back to what I was saying about how the Bible says God is love, right? If you take the first commandment, and you just do a little interchanging of the word God, because God is love. So you could say, like a math equation, you know, if you have A plus B equals C, say you have A equals C. So love equals God. God equals love. They're the same. They're synonymous because what? God is love. They're equal. Um, so if you're writing the, if you're reading, excuse me, the first commandment, have no other gods than love. In other words, Love has to be first in 
everything. That means my selfish ambition, my career can't be a God to me, my children, my family can't be a God to me. Love has to be absolutely first, which ties into Jesus when he said, all the law, every command is fulfilled in this. Love the na- love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your being and love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said all the law of the prophets, everything is what? Incorporated to put love first. So in our in our in our voice as I was thinking again about this podcast, what we say, how I even how I speak and approach these podcasts, it's a big deal for me on on my tone, um, how I communicate and and share and where my heart's at before these podcasts. I I make a habit of praying and kind of quieting, you know, however long it takes for me to do it, calming myself for a moment to just get in a place where when I'm speaking, I know I'm speaking from a pure, loving place. I'm not speaking out of a, a place of hurt. I'm not speaking out of a place of anger. I'm speaking out of love. And the love that's not defined by my soul or my mind, but the love that's defined by the scripture. Because people that have come and gone, all there's, I mean, there's all kinds of, nowadays we can read all kinds of theologians and philosophers and they have all their interpretations and thoughts of what is love? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What, all of that, there's only one that has stood the test of time that isn't broken, that hasn't changed, and that's the Bible. When you read in Corinthians, when it talks about what love is, and you see 1 Corinthians, let's see here, 13. Okay, when you when you read this, your spirit, you tell me what, what hits your spirit. When you're when you're reading this and you hear this, this is truth. Because this this puts everybody, everyone, everybody is 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 in this. Listen to what he says. He says some really awesome things. In the very beginning, he says, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. This is 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, now verse 2. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, that's every spiritual thing ever. If I get all of that, and I have faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. In other words, if anything else in those things becomes God, takes the place of love, takes the priority where my tongue is now a mouthpiece. My mouth is a mouthpiece in the earth for anything besides love. I am nothing. I am but dirt in this. Because even Jesus said these words. They, they came up to him and they were like, Master, Master, you're so good. And they, they basically praised Jesus' goodness. And Jesus said this. He said, Whoa, who are you calling good? He said, I'm not good. Only the Father is good. In other words, only pure, true love is good. I'm not even good. Jesus himself, as a man who came down, and we can all pretty much agree, I think he did a pretty good job for being a man. I mean, he did. He was the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the top of the top. Like, amazing. But in his own life, he made sure that he only kept love first, even in his own, as the son of God in the earth. And that's our example. That's what, when we read the word, you see, he kept, Jesus himself kept God first, kept the father, kept love personified, right? Love first. And he says this, what is love? So if you're reading this again, like I said before, love and God, they're, they're synonymous. So you could say God is patient. Love is patient. 
And then the beautiful thing about being born again is you're born as a new creature and you're what? One with Christ. So you are like the the Lord in the earth. The Bible says we are his hands and his feet, which means I can put my name in this and I can begin to identify and see in my own born again identity. What does it mean to be born again? Read this. This will tell you what it looks like to be a born again believer. Because Jesus in John 17, if you want to read that chapter, that he talks about being one and doing. He says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. What is the command of love? What does love do? What would Jesus have me to do when he said, fulfill all the law, love your neighbor as you love yourself, love the Lord your God with everything you are, right? That's okay. As a born again believer, I believe on Jesus. I've been saved. What does that mean? What does that look like right here? Very simple because this in my heart, will affect my tongue. Bible also says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, what's going on on the inside, it's going to come out. It will come out of your mouth. It will be the thing on your tongue. Listen to this. Verse four, he says this, love is patient and kind. These are the first things he mentions. The first thing he mentions about love is that it's patient. So that's a, that's a biggie. Well, am I patient? Do I have a hot temper? Do I, am, I, am I one that's quick to get riled, quick to get agitated? Well, if that's the case, my patience probably is pretty low, right? And kind. That means it's, it's, there's a kindness, there's a gentleness, right? What does it say? Love does not envy or boast. So it, it's secure in who it is. Love is not trying to gain something or is proud of all that it has, but it's, it's, a, it's in a contentment, content place, excuse me. It is not arrogant. Love is not arrogant. It's not boastful, right? Verse five, or rude. Love does not just come in and butt its way into a conversation. Love doesn't just have to be the center of attention. Love is very patient. How does God respond to us? It says we love him because he first loved us, but when does God ever just stick his face in the sky and go, y'all need to get in line? He's not arrogant like that. God's not arrogant like that. He's not rude like that. It says it does not insist on its own way. Love is gentle. God himself allows people to make a decision. He's not just insistent. You just need to do what I said. No, he's, he gives. He's, he's loving, right? What else does it say? Love is not irritable or resentful. In other words, it's not easily agitated or irritable or irritated. And he's not resentful. He's not holding on to every single mistake, just holding on, just resentful, just so frustrated and upset with, that's not how God operates. Now think about myself. Are my words resentful towards my family members? Are my words irritated towards my family members? Are my words irritated towards my coworkers? Just this alone, just this alone is a lifetime of, of, of growing. There's so much that we can put into practice with our tongue, with our words, and with this, does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with truth. Love is very clear about right and wrong, what's loving and what's not loving. Love does not rejoice in any sort of injustice. God does not, the Bible also says in other places, uh, I believe it's in, oof, I'm not sure the exact reference, but I know, I want to say Psalms or Proverbs, but it says God does not, uh, God hates an un, uh, unbalanced scale. Um, so love is not about imbalanced or in, injustice in any way. 
Love says this in verse 7, love bears all things, pardon me, believes all things, hopes all things. In other words, he puts his hope in you. God believes the best of you. Do you believe the best of those around you? Are your words mirroring? I believe in you. I'm for you. I believe the best. I know you might have fallen, but man, I, I believe the best of you right now. Is that where your words are at? Is that where your tongue's at? Is that where your heart's at? These are questions that I, I'm working and try to ask myself these things often. You know, maybe, maybe I don't get it every day. I probably don't. Um, I know I don't. But I do try to ask myself often when I'm with the Lord, how it, just do a checkup. Hey, where's my love loveometer at? You know, my my love o meter. You know, where what where am I at in this thing? What where of these am I am I actually walking in? Where of these things have I exercised my tongue? Where of these things have I not? Believes all things, love hopes all things, and love endures. Back to the patience thing. It endures all things. So if that's how I was called to use my tongue and I'm called to be, that's how I'm called to use my freedom. Back to Galatians 5. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only don't you use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh or for selfishness. But through love, serve one another. That's Galatians 5, verse 13. And then if you go back to James chapter 3, and he says this in verse 2, we all have stumbled in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, a mature man, able also to bridle his whole body. You know? I think that is plenty of things to think about this week. That's plenty of things to to put into practice in your life for the next year and a half. I mean, just in that little section alone of scripture, there's so much that can be taught, so much that can be brought into our lives, so many things that can be explained. Um, And just simply putting into practice, I want to use my tongue for love's sake. I want to have God who is love as the number one thing in my life. Love is always going to be number one. That tells me what love is. Get it written on your heart. Read it over and over. Study after it. Seek after it. And watch the Lord work in so many ways. Anyway, that is um, all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. I'm so thankful for you guys. Um, If you have any sort of questions or things you want me to discuss or talk about on the podcast, feel free to check the description. Reach out to me. If you'd love to have myself or my family uh, travel and minister, if you're a pastor, we would love to come and share and just be available and be a blessing to you guys. Feel free to reach out in any way. All that information is in the description. Um, If you want to support Family Mission, again, all of that stuff is in there. If you want to give into the ministry in any capacity, prayer, finances, whatever, check it out. It's available for you. Um, Thank you guys so much. Um, The Lord loves you. I love you. Thank you for making it this far. This was a little bit of a longer conversation, but sometimes these things to unpack and really allow the fullness of them to land, we have to give a little bit of time, and it's worth the investment. It is worth the investment. I love you guys, and I will see you next time on 